Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast, where every week we talk about a topic to do with work and we hope to give you, and we always give ourselves, a bit more confidence and control over our increasingly squiggly careers. And all of our podcasts come with lots of things to help you to take action. Whether you want to join us on our weekly Pod Plus session, which is back after a summer break, or you want to read our pod sheets, which help you to sort of reflect, learn and take action in your own time. It is all ready for you. It is all free and it is linked in the show notes of the episode. And if you can't find it there, you can also go to our website, amazingif.com, and you'll find it on the different pages and tabs there. And if you're still stuck, just email us. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. Like, there's a way, there's a way to get this work to you. And today we're going to be talking about the topic of judgment, because it's something that I think it's just kept coming up in Sarah and my's conversation, like when we're making decisions and we're thinking about things, or we might be talking about other people that we admire, this kind of sense of, oh, that person's got really good judgment keeps coming up. And we decided we want to unpack it a bit more, because as we'll come on to, we think it is a really important skill in a squiggly career. So the first way that we often unpack skills is that we look for a definition. The definitions we found are a little bit I don't know. They're not they're not everyday language. There is a very good article, which is a good read from HBR, which we'll link to in the pod sheet on the topic of judgment. And the definition they give is that it's the ability to combine personal qualities with relevant knowledge and experience to form opinions and make decisions. And I do believe it, but it takes a lot of unpacking. And I don't think I'm going to remember that. So we've tried to find a perhaps more relatable and memorable definition of what we mean when we talk about judgment. And we weren't successful. So we've not found a definition somewhere else that we thought, oh, they've got it spot on. What we have noticed, certainly in the area of career development, there are these big skills where to make progress, you've got to break them down so that you can get better at them. So if you just think judgment, gravitas, communication, creativity, or if you get some feedback, I need to get better at those things, by themselves, they're just they're, they're too big. They're too generalist to be useful. So this is where you, you have got to go, okay, well, what are the component parts? What contributes to good judgment? So I can then think about, okay, well, maybe I do that area well, but maybe this is an area I could get better at. So the best I could come up with, and I still don't think Helen was 100% happy with it for good reason. And, and then we started arguing about what good judgment really was. Is discussing. Discussing um, constructively. I was like, is it just smart thinking that gets you to a sensible solution? So that was it. I was like, smart thinking, sensible solution, done. That's good judgment. 
What do you think, Helen? My debate, or as you framed it, an argument about others, <laughs> was that I sometimes think that what you think is good judgment or a sensible solution isn't necessarily what somebody else would. But yeah. actually, I think shared judgment is different to kind of you know individual good judgment. But to be honest, with so many of these things, you could go round and round and round all day. And so we thought, well, well let's just focus on how do you know if you've got good judgment? Yeah. So we've got a definition which is kind of guiding direction of this discussion, which is smart thinking equals sensible solutions. And then to dive into it a bit deeper, we were thinking, well, how do you know if you have got good judgment, what does it actually look like in, in practical terms? And we got to, you're right more than you're wrong. So you might look back on an action you've taken, a decision you've made based on judgment, and you look back and you go, yeah, to be honest, you know, uh, more times it's gone well than it hasn't. So that's kind of one indicator. Another is that people respect and listen to what you've got to say. So there's this sense that other people trust your judgment. And the third thing that we thought that you would know you've got good judgment if you are consistently good at navigating unknowns. So when we were reflecting on people that we think have got good judgment, they're not doing the same thing all the time. They're putting themselves in new situations or they're stretching themselves or they're doing things that other people haven't done. And what allows them to go into those different situations is the fact that they've, they're kind of making a good call about the things they're doing or the way they're doing or who they're doing it with. So there's these sort of signals of good judgment in the different things that they're doing. And so why does good judgment matter in a squiggly career? Well, linking back to what Helen was just saying, we were reflecting that same again doesn't work that well in squiggly careers. And that's because to make positive progress, whatever that progress looks like for you, you are inevitably going to have unknowns and incomplete information. You know, we all want the ideal scenario where I've been presented with every scenario, every bit of data, it's all sort of perfectly there in front of me. And then I can make an incredible plan. And at that point, I've got amazing judgment. Nobody has better judgment, but that's that's none of our realities. And so I think whatever discipline you're in, whatever career stage you're at, that ability to kind of make judgments comes up in our week, I think way more than we give ourselves credit for. And one of the things that I think is useful to think about is what are we all commonly making judgments about? Because again, judgment can feel quite lofty and maybe it's something that senior people do. But as it turns out, there were lots of P's that I could come up with about judgments that we are making, I think, most weeks and most of the time. So pace, should I speed this up? Should I slow this down? Should I stop this? Priorities, what's most important now? Problems, what are we solving for? People, what does that person care about? Like what might matter to that team? Purpose, clarity on why I'm doing this, why are we collectively doing it, the kind of the why behind the work. Possibilities, what moves or roles should I explore in my career? What skills should I be gaining? Making some judgment calls on those things. And the last one is tenuous, which is pounds, which Helen and I were both saying, oh, sometimes you're making judgment calls about maybe how to manage a budget or how to invest money in your kind of thinking about your team, or maybe what not to spend money on, just as importantly. So there probably is some sort of kind of money judgments as well. But I actually think reflecting on your week, maybe think back to last week, what were all the judgment calls that you make? I think judgment call makes it feel a bit more today and a bit more every day. Oh, so today I made a judgment call to do that before this, because I made a priority call. Or I made a judgment call about you know, bringing that project forward by two weeks, because I think that will really help our customers. So just maybe start to spot and notice all the judgment calls you're making. 
I was thinking actually about my week, if I was looking at the P's, like over the last week, which of those P's have played a role in my yeah. in terms of judgments? And I think possibilities, people, definitely some people, and probably some priorities, you know, like post-summer stuff, spending my time in the right way. It always feels like a really good time to kind of make those judgment calls on your priorities. Which P's have been most prevalent for you? I think I'm always thinking about problems, which might sound really negative, but I think I I I enjoy making judgments around problems. So, you know, what are the problems we're trying to solve for people's careers? Are we making enough progress on those problems? Probably pace. I think I'm often challenging myself for like, are we going quickly enough on the areas that are going to have the most impact? Do we need to stop some stuff? We're not great at subtracting. And I find the area of subtraction very interesting. I read some research on how infrequently that gets done in organisations. You know, that sort of that, oh, we're really going to focus and we're going to really prioritise. But so rarely do things get stopped. So judgment calls, of I think I'm often thinking, like, should we be stopping anything? Should we be speeding something up, but then slowing something completely down? Because actually, that's not going to make as much difference. Inevitably, I think I am less day to day than you are. In the judgments that I am reflecting on and probably how that shows up in my actions, I think it's often very future facing versus like day to day. If you would like to see those P's and reflect on them for yourself, the pod sheet is a really good place to get them from because you'll be able to see them and maybe like tick off like which P's have been prevalent for me in my week. Quite interesting to see like, are there some things that you never make any judgments on? (laughs) Maybe you should, which P gets missed. So now what we're going to do is go to some ideas for action to really help you to take this sort of uber skill of judgment and make it really practical for you so that you can do something different and you can develop it for your work. So we've got five. And the first one is about noticing your judgment detractors and your accelerators so it's sort of like a part one and a part two of this one so if we start with your judgment detractors these are the things that you can start to spot will affect the quality of your judgment in a situation and the best way to do this is to sort of look back at some situations have been in which have required your judgment in the past which on reflection might not have been the best judgment calls that you made so for example if I think about a bad judgment call I made when I was at Capital One this is years and years and years ago now I chose to do an MBA I kind of really fought for it actually because I think I was relatively young to be doing it and it wasn't the norm in my organization I think I was so sort of driven to get it done that I didn't do a lot of research into was it the right program for me to be on? Was I going to be learning in the right way for me? And so my, and I didn't complete it. Ultimately, I did not complete that MBA. I did, did another one later that was much, much better, with much better judgment. But at the time, I look back on that and go, that was a bad judgment call. You you chose the wrong program because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't right for you to do. And so once you've identified your kind of bad judgment from your past, you can think about, well, where did that bad judgment stem from? What was really driving that detractor? And so the the statement there to think about is, well, in that situation, my bad judgment came from, and I would say it was sort of a need for speed in that situation. Like I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to get it done. I was thinking, I was thinking, I really want an MBA. I've got this opportunity. I'm just going to do it regardless of all the other things that were happening in that situation. And so for me, I am now more aware that one of my judgment detractors is speed. If a situation has a deadline, get it done kind of thing going on, that is a red flag for me that this, I need to do something else, which will come onto accelerators in a moment, 
that will help me to improve my judgment in this situation. Otherwise, I might default to my detractors. Sarah, have you got an example that um, might help people? Yeah, it was quite different to yours. I thought, I mean, A, I could think of lots of examples. So the more examples you can think of, the more insight you'll get. So don't beat yourself up if you're like, okay, and I made a bad call here and I made, you know, we've all made a bad career decision or a bad career choice at some point. But I actually thought about something really specific, which was just a project I was once working on when I was relatively new to a job. And I was supporting someone senior who I think was going to represent the brand that I worked for at an event. And I didn't really know what was going on and I didn't really understand. And so I was, and I had to sort of send them like a bit of a briefing note. And rather than sort of taking the time to to sort of do it properly, I just sort of sent them loads of attachments. I was just like, well, here's everything I've got. So here you go. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, when you're like, oh God, I can't believe I would ever have done that. Um, But, you know, I think I was, panicking and I was I was probably very uncertain and I, and I was thinking back to lots of other examples but that was just one it's really stayed with me it's obviously really I think it's really bothered me ever since <laughs> and we'll come on to maybe what I could have done differently in uh, our final idea for action but my bad judgment comes from two things being stubborn and sticking to plans even when things around me have changed I have both of those personality characteristics essentially and so sometimes it's a bit like your singularity thing you know I, I'm single-minded you know, sometimes you've got to adapt and your judgment needs to reflect that things have changed. I might not like that they've changed, but they have. And I think what I didn't like in that example was that um, like I didn't know. I was in a new job and I was probably feeling very vulnerable and very exposed. And so I was sort of being, I was sticking to the plan of, bizarrely, I have to send this email today. You know, like, well, I've got to do that. So I was like, well, this is the best I can do. And that was actually a really bad call. I would have been better, clearly, just ringing that person and going, okay, either I need more time or, you know, or asking someone different, I I need some help. So it's not the only example, but it's one that really feels very memorable. But yeah, the stubbornness, sticking to plan thing really gets in my way. So part one, judgment detractors, think about a couple of situations in the past where you recognize now that you probably made some bad judgment and answer that question. And based on that, my bad judgment comes from that will help you to kind of spot those those red flags. Then we want to get into the accelerators. So this is the stuff that you really want to kind of swap to. So instead of defaulting to those detractors, what we're going to do is ask ourselves some accelerators. So we've got three questions that are really useful to ask yourself in that situation. The first one is, what have I learned from a similar situation in the past? Because that gives us a bit of data that might be useful for us. The second question is, what is the number one priority right now? Because, you know, if I'm getting distracted by speed, is that the most important thing? No, probably the number one priority was picking the right program for me. And so just being really, really, really clear about the priority. And number three, the question is, what don't I know? So you're trying to get here to what information might you be missing? So maybe in my example, for example, I didn't know how many people were on the program or I didn't know what that learning might look like when I was in the classroom. All those things actually really mattered to me, but I'd just been so driven by getting it done. This the only opportunity I was ever going to get in my entire career that, that I just decided to do it. So these questions, they sort of help you to press pause in a moment and get a little bit more information to inform your judgment, but they really, really stop those default detractors from creeping into your decisions. 
And I think what I observe from people who have incredible judgment, and I've, I've worked with a few people that I would definitely put in that category, they just get so used to, as a habit, asking themselves these questions. So it's not like they are, you know, these are not natural sort of superhuman people who have just this like incredible judgment part of their DNA that we've not got. I think this is a very learnable skill. And I've just, from working with some of these people, you just start to spot, oh, they're asking themselves these questions. Or you hear them say it, them out loud they'll say to you or they'll say to the team so what's the most important thing for us to achieve in the next week and you're like oh they're figuring out the priority or they'll say so what what's the ultimate objective here because then that's going to help them increase their judgment so i think quality questions uh, make a real difference when it comes to judgment here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So idea for action two is the speedy sense check. So often, because we're navigating so much uncertainty, we do have to make decisions quickly and we've got incomplete information. And so though good judgment isn't about gut instinct, I think it goes beyond that. I think we're doing it a disservice if we go, oh, it's just about instinct. I think sometimes you, if you put it all on your own, the weight of the world on your own shoulders, that can feel quite hard to make progress but you need to do this quickly. So you need to think about, well, whose judgment do you trust? Peers, previous managers, mentors, current managers, and who's also quite quick and quite responsive? Who do you know? Okay, they're going to give me a real speedy sense check here. And I was thinking of an example of this. I can't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast, but we did a HBR article a little while ago. And because of the time difference, we'll be sent that article that's about to go out the next day. And it might be quite late at night, like 10 o'clock at night, uh, UK time. And this happened. And the image that was at the top of this article was, it's fair to say, not quite what we'd expected. I looked at it and went, no, that just, this was just gut instinct. I was like, that just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel reflective of what we've talked about. And then you ask yourself some of those questions. And Helen and I were going, we were like, do we challenge this? So you're trying to make a judgment call of both what do you think and also is it worth challenging? And we were both getting to that conclusion of we think it is, but we've got to be speedy here. 
And I've just got a couple of friends who were absolutely my speedy sense check that night. I really remember it. Like going to them and saying, this has happened. This is what I think. So I was sharing my judgment. Speedy sense check. What's your kind of judgment, your reaction to this? And they've just generally got really good judgment that I trust. So they don't need to be in it with me to understand. But their reaction was sort of identical to Helen and I. And you know, sometimes you just need that additional boost to the, this is good judgment. I've sort of, I've arrived at a good conclusion here. And even though it might mean that I need to do something hard, it is the right thing to do. And I think if they'd not been that speedy sense check for me, I'm not sure I would have sent that email that night. And I'm not sure we would have got that picture changed on that article, which which we did. And actually it was so much better as a result. I think this is probably my favourite idea for action. The speedy sense check makes such a difference. I was thinking about, um, so Sarah and I are, currently exploring another book duh, duh, duh. Uh, we, we you know the ideas that we have for the book and there have been just a couple of people that I've just I've sort of just said oh this is what we're thinking about doing you know what what do you think just to get a sense of people's like initial reaction like that the people I've spoken to have come back really positively and then that that helps me feel like we're we've got some good judgment about where we're taking this idea so yeah really think about who are those people that are responsive whose judgment that you trust and who I guess care enough to come back to you on it as well <laughs> I think our next idea for action is my favourite. So you can talk about that one. I talked about your one and you can talk about my one. (laughs) Uh, So the next idea for action is about playing it out. So when you've got a situation and you're making kind of a judgment call about it, it is really useful to sort of go beyond that decision that you're making and really think about, well, what will happen next? So if we do do this, then what will happen next? Like literally like play it out. So let's imagine you're thinking about... um, starting a network okay like you're like oh I think we should start a careers network in our company like and you know you've asked yourself some questions that feels like a priority all that kind of stuff you maybe even done a speedy sense check what's useful then is then to play play that out so okay so I'd invite people oh but actually this month we've got lots of change going on like so maybe it's not the best month to do it so if I launched it next month then that might be better timing for people oh and actually it would also coordinate with that other thing that we've got going on in the business and when you play it out you sort of consider all the other factors that might contribute to being it being a good decision or a bad decision because thinking forward helps you see some of the things that might affect that decision that you might not be considering in the moment. And Sarah and I have done this and it's really useful. I think there've been times where we didn't do it. So I think about a time (laughs) we didn't do it. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to say, I think. And I'm definitely going to get the blame for this, aren't I? Uh, Does it involve covers of books? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's a really interesting one though, because there was some good stuff about that idea. But was it a good judgment call? Oh, I don't know. I feel like it's a real 50-50. No. So just the just the long story short, everybody, the playing it out thing is back in 2022, we did personalized covers of our books, which are very popular, which is brilliant. However, we didn't play it through in terms of the operational fulfillment of that, which was, let's just say, me and some other people had many deep paper cuts and many deep scars from the situation of filling those. But if you've got a personalized book, I hope you love it for life. Um but yeah, playing. <laughs> It out <laughs> playing it out does um is a really really useful way of just making sure you're not ignoring some factors that could affect the quality of your judgment yeah and I guess if you think about it if we had done the playing it out we might have still done the idea but we would have anticipated some of those processes and some of the operational challenges and then we could have fixed them and we could have got the help that we needed so it doesn't necessarily mean that then you're 
idea is a bad one or you're not going to do something, but we would have done it differently. And there's a reason that we've not done any since, you know, even though they were really popular. So that, that also tells you something, right? It tells you there's like, okay, there was some good and some bad. And, you know, you can, you can decide for yourself which way the scales tip towards the end. <laughs> so idea for action four is called, what don't you know? So when you are making a judgment call about something, you might be sharing a decision or a recommendation, or you could even be doing this for yourself. So you might be making a judgment call about changing a career or a choice about going for a promotion, whatever it might be. I think having clarity about what are you missing, what don't you know, and being open and honest about those gaps is incredibly useful. I think if you're talking to other people, it actually increases your credibility rather than reduces it because you're being transparent. So I might be saying to Helen, if in hindsight, let's go back to the book example, I might be recommending that we create these incredible personalized books, but maybe I'm also saying, but what I've not figured out yet is how that process would work or practically how much that might cost us or what that price might be. So you're sort of saying, I've made a judgment call here that I think this is the right thing for us to do. And I'm also telling you the gaps that I've got. So we might want to talk about those. Helen might be able to fill those gaps. We might ask for help from other people. And again, I think if you're making a judgment call that doesn't involve other people in quite the same way. So if I think back to career choices I've made or career decisions, I was always very clear what I didn't know. And then I think that helped me to just navigate uncertainty and change along the way, because then you don't beat yourself up for things you couldn't have anticipated. You know, sometimes you end up taking responsibility for things that are outside of your control. So you could make the mistake of thinking, and I hear this actually quite a lot with people talking about jobs. I made a bad judgment call about that job, or I made a bad judgment call about that company. I hear that a lot as well. And I'll think, did you, or was it something that you didn't know and that really you couldn't have ever known? Or could you, you know, could you have known that thing? So I think it's just that having that kind of transparency, because sometimes there is, but sometimes I think people have done their due diligence. You know, they have, they've had recommendations, they've spoken to people, the job seemed to suit them really well. They asked the right questions in the interview. You know, you're like, you did everything right, but sometimes things don't work out, which is back to the point that good judgment doesn't always equal good outcomes. More often than not, I think it does. But there are definitely times, I think of times in my own career where I think I've followed the right process. I think I generally have got good judgment, book book example, maybe slightly to one side. And then things haven't quite worked. But I think I've always had that clarity on the, well, did I do my best to kind of make a judgment call and kind of seek out the information that I could within the kind of time constraints that I was working in or is there more that I could have done so just be careful about beating yourself up about bad judgments that maybe were just to do with things that you didn't know I also think this is quite useful to mitigate blame if I'm making a recommendation to you based upon my judgment I think if I don't let you know what I don't know if some of those things materialize Mm. then you might be like well Helen like you could have like been more aware of this or you could have done a bit more work to understand this whereas if I say to you look this is my recommendation in terms of this situation, but 
these two things I haven't got complete clarity on, and I think it's just important to acknowledge that, then if one of those things does materialize, you can't really then go, oh, well, Helen, you were hopeless. You didn't even know that that was going to be a problem because I called it that that was a bit of an unknown. So I, you know, you don't necessarily want to be in that. You don't really want to necessarily work in a culture. Covering yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a bit like that. But maybe, you know, I, I have, I have worked in some of those places and I would actually want to be quite transparent that this is my recommendation and if we move forward these are areas that are still kind of gaps in terms of our our, our knowledge I have been in environments where that would be important so if you are working maybe in a place where you do need to cover yourself a bit more and you're using your judgment to make recommendations or give people advice or inform decisions I think it is very useful to be explicit about what you don't know an idea for action number five is the bad judgment override talk about covering yourself (laughs) so this is this is more about When you are making a decision, a recommendation, or just a judgment call, basically, there will be times when you'll get it wrong. Like Not all of the things that you think are right in that moment, the right thing to do, the right way to approach something, will ultimately materialize in in terms of the outcome that you wanted. And what is really, really important is realizing that you can recover from that situation. And actually, the quicker that you can recover, so the quicker that you can spot that it has become a bad decision or an unintended outcome or something that we would rather not have done, the quicker that you can realize that, the quicker that you can recover. So it is important for you to have some sort of watch outs. So let's say just as an example to Sarah, we decide we're going to write another book. So we've used all of our judgment to think this is a good thing for us to do. We've got a brilliant, supportive, squiggly careers community, and we think that they would benefit from another book. And we've used all, you know, all of our past experience to think that this, this is a good judgment call to write a third book and so we start writing it it is useful for us to have some watch outs along the way because writing a book takes a lot of time like 18 months a lot of effort useful to have some watch outs along the way to get a sense of is this still a good judgment call because we might have based it on some facts at the start that might have changed as we've kind of progressed so maybe data for example and is this still a relevant topic for us to cover people's responses you know we might give someone a chapter and say "Mm, does this seem like it's resonating you're basically trying to like find the flag spot the signals that help you to see does this remain a good judgment call or is something different now what you don't want to do is make the judgment call and then sort of abandon it because the repercussions of that are probably still going on. And along with those repercussions are your reputation. So, you know, keep hold of it, work out what your watch outs might be and spot if a situation is changing. And if it does, you can call it, you can call it. You can say, actually, I think we need to stop this or I think we need to change track on this a little bit, or I think we should just kind of relook at the original objectives, but better you realize so that you can recover then you just leave it and then that then affects your reputation down down the line. And sometimes you won't even realise along the way. So sometimes I think it is too late. So you have made the judgment call. It turns out it's a bad judgment call. I think then the how you then react in that moment is also really important because nobody is perfect. Not even the best CEO of the best organisation makes the right call day in, day out. So actually, if you can take responsibility for that bad judgment if you can fix it fast if you can say sorry if you can even talk about actually you know in hindsight because we all have that phrase like in hindsight that was a bad judgment call this is what I've learned and this is what we would or I would do differently next time I think that shows a real 
level of accountability, which everybody loves because you're, you know, you're prepared to be responsible for things. It shows that you've got that kind of learning mindset of like, well, how do I get even better next time and continual improvement? And also you're role modeling to other people that, you know, we don't have to be right every time. No one's judgment is perfect. We are all kind of, we are all imperfect and there will be moments where you just don't see it coming. You know, if I think about the bad judgments, none of that was um, intentional. I don't want to make any bad judgments. And just sometimes things go wrong, right? And you just miss stuff or you don't ask the right questions. And so I think, again, just thinking about, yes, you might spot it along the way, but if you don't, it's, I still don't think it's too late to do that override and to recover. And then that will give you that confidence to, to keep going. And better to be known for someone who takes ownership and accountability than someone who just has got bad judgment, right? So I think that's the thing. I think the skill that would stand out was that they are able to take ownership and be accountable versus the bad judgment. And I I know that from some things that have happened in my career, well, I definitely had some stuff that I kind of made a bad judgment about, but I really owned it and I put all of my energy into the recovery. And ultimately that was what I built my reputation on. And to be honest, the bad judgment thing got completely forgotten about. So I I kind of know that's true from my, my own experience. So super quick summary of our five ideas for action. First of all, work out what your judgment detractors are and then use the judgment accelerators. Second, who do you go to for a speedy sense check? Number three, play it out. Number four, work out what you don't know and let other people know that. And number five, have a bad judgment override. So thank you so much for listening. We hope that has helped you to improve your judgment. Please let us know. We always love hearing from you. If there are topics you'd like us to talk about, if there are guests you'd like to hear from, you can email us with any feedback at any time. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com and we love hearing from our listeners and we read every single message. So please do get in touch. And if you have a moment to share, subscribe, do some stars, do a rating any of the above we really appreciate it because it's how we keep going and keep growing all things squiggly careers but that's everything for this week and thank you so much for listening back with you again soon bye for now bye everyone small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 